to another episode of But I Didn't Say That Wrestling Podcast. As always, this is Manu Healy, today with Kevin. So you're asking yourself, where's the third wheel in this? Where's Oski? Well, Oski is in Orlando, Florida this week. There's been a lot of development happening in uh, Total Nonstop Action, and him being the number one fan of that promotion, he's out there scoping the scene for any dirts and news and any tidbits. We'll have his reporting later this week. But... It being WrestleMania and us getting ready for WrestleMania, we decided to do something fun. We've been subscribers to the WWE Network since day one. We've been subscribers. I've been a subscriber. (laughs) I've been a subscriber to the WWE Network since day one. And with that, you get tons of back, vault, old school wrestling footage that I don't think Kevin has seen, I would say, what, like 80% of it? Pretty much. And so, with with WrestleMania coming up, we decided to do something fun, which was go back in time and rewatch every WrestleMania from WrestleMania 1 to last year's WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas. Well, we started off with WrestleMania 1, which took place on March 31st, 1985 at Madison Square Garden in New York City. So, the big storyline for this WrestleMania that was built around was... Mr. T and Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. That was the main event. So they were trying to go based on Mr. T's popularity on TV at the number one show, The A-Team. He had come a couple years before with Rocky Three, Hogan coming out of Thunderlips in Rocky Three. So that's where the... <laughs> do you, you knew that, right? No. You didn't know that? I know he came out in Rocky Three. I just didn't know his name. Yeah, his name was Thunderlips. So... With that connection, they made this tag team. And, of course, the hot heel at the time was Roddy Roddy Piper. And Paul Orndorff, I guess, was just used because they needed somebody else, you know, because he couldn't have been Bob Orton. But Bob Orton comes out and is part of the match, right? Yeah. So that's just the main event. So the whole concept of WrestleMania, based on what Vince was saying, was that he wanted something where it's a mixture of the wrestling and entertainment. So for us... Or for Kevin's sake, some of these celebrities and some of these people you saw, like, you had no idea who they were, right? Some of them I knew. I knew Liberace. Mm-hmm. I knew um, Muhammad Ali. But, like, other, like, but I'm saying... But the other, no. Yeah, right? And then, Mostly, like, I didn't and know. then some of the wrestlers, you were like, you didn't know who they were, right? <laughs> so, most of the wrestlers and their gimmicks and their characters, I was, I was way off. So... Just to set you and give you a visual of what it looks like. This, it, there's no grandeur to it. There's no HD camera. There's no theme song. It looks like a live event that was recorded for for the first WrestleMania, right? Would you say? Yeah. It looked like a it yeah. looked like a live event, right? Um, some of the some of the announcers was Gorilla Monsoon, Lord Alfred Hayes. Um, Vince, did Vince come on, right? The ring announcer, the one that would always oh, Finkel, Howard Finkel. No, no, not 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 the ring announcer, the the reporter. Minji. No, no, the other dude, the one you said that was oh, famous. Oh, or Lord Alfred Hayes? Oh my god. We'll, we'll get to that Terrible. We'll get to that. The one thing you will see a lot in old wrestling matches. No clean finishes? No clean finishes, that's right. There's a lot of dirty finishes. And I don't know if it's a reason for it or not, but there's no move, There's no finishing moves, right? No. So I think that's that was a way of, of letting people know, okay, this match is over. And I think that's the main reason for all the dirty finishes. So how would they build up like the bad guys or the good guys? Promos. It would probably be promos or like not, a lot of not in the match. 
Well, a lot of match would be like if the bad guys are the ones that do like the dirty finishes, like you know. But even the good guys had dirty finishes. But you could say it's a different dirty, like pinging the ropes or something like that. But we'll get to it. But this wasn't one of those matches. Wow. This is actually one of the clean matches, right? This was the first clean match in WrestleMania history. <laughs> the first match was the first clean match. The match went about five minutes. And then it ended off with like Tito doing, I think, a figure four. He did like a figure four on him. I think so. Executioner tapped out. Match, throw away. First match, we're not getting off to a good start. Would you say? No. <laughs> right? Okay. Second match... Even worse. Second match, we have King Kong Bundy with Jimmy Hart as his main as his main event as manager <laughs> against Special Delivery Jones. So you have Special Delivery Jones throwing this hard promo that he's gonna be Bundy, that Bundy's no match, that this is gonna be a delivery he makes. Nine seconds, match is over. King Kong Bundy squashes it. WrestleMania record, nine second match. Hits him with an avalanche in the corner. Big slam. I mean, a big, like, a like splash. Big splash. One, so Was he two, supposed three. to be, like, the next big thing? King Kong Bundy? Or just, like... Just... I think, no, it was just, he was a big guy. Like, he was 450 pounds. You really didn't see a lot of big guys back then that can move like that. And was um, he really bald, or did he just shave? No, nah, I think it's his shape. Did he shave well, his, he, why did he shave his eyebrows, though? It's more menacing, right? Wouldn't you... She Wouldn't it creep you out more if a guy was had a shaved head and shaved eyebrows, or just a shaved head? Both. Yeah, you see. So it just so, and then this is important because this starts off his year long run to being like one of the bigger for the, heels for the WrestleMania two match, which sets up WrestleMania two match, which we'll get to later. But again, another match. If you had never seen wrestling before, first two matches are not going to get you impressed. What'd you say? No. <laughs> right? So the third match was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He wasn't the dragon. He was just Ricky Steamboat. Versus I love Ricky Steamboat. Hmm? That fool was huge, man. Yeah, that fool was, <laughs> that fool was juiced to the gills. <laughs> against, wow. against Maniac Matt Bourne. A lot of people will later recognize Matt Bourne as Doink the Clown. But again, just the, this one was another quick match. Quick match. A little bit more technical because you're dealing with Steamboat and Bourne can wrestle. But it, it was a dirty, it was a, was it a dirty finish? It was a dirty finish. Right? So a dirty finish, but Steamboat ended up coming through. Then we had, see, this is one of the matches that I didn't like whatsoever. Lower tier match. I don't even know why they brought it up. I don't even know why it's a WrestleMania match, but I guess I know why. David San Martino versus Brutus Beefcake. <laughs> you didn't like that match? No, not at all. That so was one of the best matches for me. So you have Brutus Beefcake, which is this is before he becomes the barber, before he becomes the hot face with Hulk Hogan. That's when he came out in his heel version with luscious um, Johnny Valiant. Those outfits, man. Yeah. <laughs> he was wearing like this combination of like this purple like tiger print with like a yellow tiger print and some his boots. I like his boots. There were like some steel like some steel colored boots against generic Wrestling, David San Martino. Only reason he had a job because his papa was Bruno San Martino. Maybe really, it was good. What was good about the match? I don't. I, I really. I need you to explain that to me because I could not get into this match whatsoever. Because you can tell this match was set up just to involve Bruno. Just San to Martino. involve Bruno San Martino exactly. Like his son 
It's fucked up, man. <laughs> okay, explain to me why this match was good. From the first two, from the exactly. first three that I saw, <laughs> I mean, like comparing it to the first three matches of WrestleMania, like no, you could say the 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 Steamboat Born match okay. was better. Okay, but the, but Bundy, the first two, okay. I'm like really like it went long. It went long. I think it was long. It was one of the longest matches. It's one of the longer matches. Yeah, you're right. I think so. You had Bruno get involved also by attacking the the other manager. So right? yeah, so the finish was another yeah. dirty finish. It was a double disqualification. Because both managers got involved, and then I mean it was better than what we've seen previously. But you gotta admit, I can give you. But you got yeah. But you gotta admit, how do you get it? I get it. It's your first WrestleMania. It's at the Garden. Who do you need? San Martino. San Martino had the crowd look. He hadn't. I think he had retired. Yeah, yeah he had retired, he retired at that point, and the crowd was eating it up. There were like it was a loud crowd for him. Wow. So. so did, the, did his son wrestle at any other promotion? or He did. Did he but just train and get signed by him? No, I think part of it was... Well, Vince, they wanted to use... I think it was... They used his son to get Bruno to start fighting again. Because Bruno, even at like mid-80s, he was still a big draw. Like, he was Bruno San Martino. So I think at, at a while, after Vince, the, the son, took over... I believe, like, uh, the San Martinos, that's when, like, all that beef start. Excuse me. So, um, they decided that... That's when, like, the whole feud with the McMahons and San Martino started. Okay. Because they started... San Martino so started... So, he showed up in WrestleMania. He showed up in WrestleMania 1, 2, and then he disappeared because it, it started dealing with, like, Bruno thought that Vince was screwing over his son, and, like, all this which other crap. Did. Which, uh, it was all this other crap, but... But he did screw his but son. But part of it, you could tell his son wasn't meant to be... Like, his son wasn't going to be a top wrestler. Of course right? not, but he did screw his son. Right, but you could who knows? say that. Okay, we're spending too much time on this match. That was <laughs> <laughs> but again, like, the good... Like, the fun... Like, the parts that, like... When they're not wrestling, they do these promos. And, like, the promos are was what was getting me. Because you have, like, Lord Alfred Hayes kind of shoot a promo. And the wrestlers are crossing up to the front, <laughs> through the back. He doesn't know what he's wow, saying. Dude. Like, it's funny. Like, there was times where, I think it was in this one, where you see them walking right behind them and they look like they Jimmy Fallon <laughs> the camera. So, it's funny. I, those promos is what kept me going for WrestleMania 1. So, we're about halfway through. So the yeah. next, <laughs> so the next match was for the WWF. This is when it was still the WWF Intercontinental Championship. The champion was Greg the Hammer Valentine, one of my favorite wrestlers of back then, against JYD Junkyard Dog. What did you think, Kevin? I thought this was a pretty awesome match because you got Junkyard Dog doing his thing. He was pumping up the fans. He was getting. Basically, so what's, everybody involved. Okay, so you know how and everyone... And I didn't, I didn't know about Greg the Hammer Valentine. So you know how everyone likes making fun of John Cena and his five yeah. moves of doom, whatever, right? Yeah. Do you notice a similarity between Cena and some of these older wrestlers that were big back then? Yeah, because all they had was like four five moves, and then they would just blow up. Yeah. And then they would just be doing so have you ever seen, So have you ever seen a JYD oh match? It's the same thing always. He's got a couple clotheslines. But it's all headbutts. Like that's his thing. It's headbutts. Headbutt center. You could have. You could have sworn he, and he was, was the, the first one that got an entrance. Oh, that's right. Like out of out of the ones we. Well, see. you well you have to you have to go back in time, even though you thought like his wrestling wasn't up to snuff, 
Junkyard Dog was like one of the bigger wrestling stars back then because he cross promoted a lot like diversity. So a lot of African American people back then tuned into wrestling to see JYD. So basically, just the big ones got fucking um, entrances and. Music. Well, no, because because what we're seeing is we're seeing a remastered of some of those WrestleMania. So some of the music that you hear was added afterwards. Oh, so, so nobody had entrances like. No, I don't think the rest. I don't think the entrances started. Because what with, they what they would have is they have, they would have the promos, and then after the promos would finish, people would, would just walk into yeah. the ring. Yeah. So what happens? Yeah, what, I think okay. the wrestling entrances started until WrestleMania three. Okay. But some of the music they added afterwards because it's popular music. Like it's okay. it's so that's they, how wrestlers okay, so were they known. Just remastered it. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's what happened because I don't remember anybody having an entrance. <laughs> I got you. Because I saw the VHS one and nobody had an entrance back right. then. Oh, and then Greg the Hammer Valentine, like I've never seen him. And then at first, just seeing him as a wrestling fan right now, I just thought he was a ripoff of Ric Flair. No. Because he had the robe, he had the, the moves and everything. No, a lot of, well, that was the thing back then. A lot of people a lot thought. Of robes? A lot, yeah, the robes just common because Ronnie Garvin used to do them. Okay. No, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers used to do them. But the thing was, a lot of people thought that Flair used to steal a lot of the moves from Greg the Hammer Valentine's. Like the knees to the floor, the style. Like you can tell. Like, yeah, some, like, I, you can like, tell. Even, how, even how Hammer wears the knee pads. Yeah, you, like, can, you, can, you tell. can tell. Like you can tell that's where Ric Flair, maybe not, we won't say stole, because he's Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> but he borrowed from Greg the Hammer Valentine. Okay. But this match ended. Dirty finish. A dirty finish again. I think it was a counter, yeah. right? No, no, no. No, no, no. So no. it ended it with Greg the Hammer Valentine having JYD in the corner. JYD does, I think he hits the turnbuckle, and then Greg the Hammer Valentine kind of pins him with his legs I on the not. ropes. So the ref counts one, two, three. And we'll talk about the refereeing later, but the ref counts one, two, three, right? So Greg the Hammer Valentine is retaining the title. He's walking out. Out of nowhere, Tito Santana comes out. So if you didn't know the backstory, Tito Santana and Greg the Hammer Valentine had a long feud going for a while. Right. So that's where the that's where the induction of uh, Santana comes into the match. Okay. So Santana comes into the match. He for starts talking. Mania, right? No, for later. Okay. So he comes into the match and then he starts saying to the ref, "No, he used the ropes. He used the ropes." Oh yeah. That's so then right. the ropes restarts right. the match. And Hammer's just walking back. That's right. JYD wins by a countout. So, right. so, so the match ended twice, officially, apparently. But and still, no clean finish. Again, and not a clean finish. So the next match we had was for the WWF Tag Team Championships. We had, they were known as the US Express, I believe that was their name. But it was Captain Lou Albano was manager. And it was Mike Rotundo, which most people would recognize as Erwin R. Scheister, or Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt's daddy, <laughs> and Barry Windham. They were the tag team champions against one of my favorite tag teams <laughs> of all time. Freddie, classy Freddie Blassie as a manager, <laughs> with Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Enough said. <laughs> Enough said, Iran number one, USA, ha. <laughs> That's it. Dude, those promos, man. You she, gotta give it to the Sheik. You gotta give it to Sheik, because she can get you heat off those promos. 
listen to me, you know, just, just hearing that, enough had you already hooked into the match. So again, you could understand. These are two young, these were like Rotundo and Wyndham, super young, super, these guys were like... Was Sheik already like a top billing at this point? Yeah, yeah, Sheik had lost the title to Hulk Hogan a year before. Where? In, um, I think in Madison Square Garden. This is, the Sheik uh, had Hogan go over, Hogan went over on the Sheik, and that's how Hogan blew up. So the Sheik put him over. The Sheik put him over, yeah. The Sheik was a champion. When Hogan, when Hogan won the first time. Okay. So that's what blew him up. So Sheik was already... A, he, was one already of, okay. he was one of the top guys. So they didn't have anything for him to do. So they paired him up with Nikolai Volkov. Wow. And they started running this tag team, which actually went for a couple of years. But the match goes... You know how Sheik works. Sheik's kind of stiff. <laughs> but you know what? In this match, it shows because Sheik was the one taking a lot of punishment. Dude. Sheik took a lot of punishment. He was carrying the match. Like yeah. That. Sheik, so Sheik Volkov, you know, it starts getting to the end. the fans also? Yeah. Regular Sheik match. You know how Sheik, yeah. you know how Sheiky baby does he? <laughs> Fucking bullshit! You know? Yeah, he does. <laughs> so the match ends. How does it end, Kevin? Dirty finish, right? Yeah. Do you remember how? I don't remember. So, I... I don't know who they have, but one of the bad guys, one of Volkov. Oh, Volkov. Doesn't he throw like something? No, she she throws, she gets um, Freddie Blassie's cane. Yeah, doesn't he and throw he it? And he blasts, he yeah. freaking hits, I think, Wyndham. He hits Wyndham in the head with it, and it breaks into pieces, and then Volkov pins him. One, two, three. New yeah. tag team champions, Volkov and Sheik. <laughs> now, we must take our time, because Volkov has requested to sing. The Russian <laughs> national anthem. So now we're getting into the heavy hitters of the WrestleMania. So there was, I would say, three main matches. Um, yeah, there was three main the matches. The last three, no? The last three, that's right. So the first of the last three matches was Big John Studd, who I still to this day think is one of the... Most underrated wrestlers back in the day. He could have been so much bigger if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan. Because this guy was huge. He can wrestle, but they didn't give him a lot of chance. But he was playing this heel role with Bobby was Bobby Heenan, right? Mm-hmm. So they had this challenge that if Andre the Giant... They were trying to tempt Andre the Giant. Because this was a time where Andre the Giant wasn't wrestling as much. I think he had retired like around 81. And then he would sporadically come in, but so you could was, tell. This you was could like tell. Not really, but you can tell. Like this is when like he's on the down spiral because like right now it's like he can barely walk, he can barely do, like move around. You saw him in a match. Yeah. So Big John Studd was this huge guy, built six seven, six eight, three forty five. Fuck. Monstrous. He had thrown challenge that nobody can body slam him. Did so he, the did challenge, he throw up like a fifty thousand dollar challenge. So he had a fifteen thousand dollar challenge. Oh, whoever whoever can body yeah, whoever can body slam him would get the fifteen thousand dollars. So nobody could, right? And then all of a sudden he starts teasing like, oh, not even Andre the Giant down. So Andre the Giant came out once, and he almost had it, but he didn't get it because oh, so they fought before WrestleMania. They had set up the stuff for it before okay. WrestleMania. So the match was Andre the Giant versus Big John Stud. If Andre the Giant can body slam stud, he gets 15 grand. That's how the match ends. 
If he can't, then he'd have to retire from wrestling, period. So it's basically career versus 15 grand. <laughs> yeah. So the match wasn't that long, right? Like five no, minutes? You know what's going to happen. It's Andre. Andre's still at his height of a baby. He's not prime no more, right? No, but he's like Bruno. Like, Andre the Giant was a forever he was a forever baby face who for one WrestleMania became a bad guy, which we'll get to later. But he was over. You know, match going back and forth, blah blah blah. He gets him, body slam. Dude, as my match first over. Andre the Giant match watching him. Mm-hmm. Even at that age, even at that time, like he was still moving pretty well. Good. He wasn't it wasn't so much the age for him. Because even at that time he was still he was, he was he, still agile. But it was just, it was just, he was so big for his size, he just couldn't move around. Like, when he got hurt. Dude, you were showing me what the fool's doing drop kicks. Yeah, but what I'm saying, but that was like in the series. What I'm saying God, is, Andre the Giant at that time, like, you don't, you don't, you don't understand, the science wasn't up to, like, what people look, were like. So, like, right yeah. now, like, right now, right? Like, you can get an ACL, MCL tour, you can be back within a year. In the 80s? Like Wait, career nothing, was over. Nothing fucked up is no, but what I'm saying it's just just how okay, how modern yeah, science works. So for a guy that was seven five, five hundred pounds, if he had a back surgery, did you do you think they knew how to set up the guy for that for that much no. weight? So he suffered a lot of back injuries back in the day, so he never properly healed. So that's when you start seeing him. You start seeing him in WrestleMania one because you you see the progression the progression of him just declining. Like, he starts hovering over, starts tilting over. Uh-huh. By, like, WrestleMania 4, like you, he's, he, like, you can't even see him stand straight. And he goes all the way to, I think, WrestleMania 6. God damn. I think. Because, um, yeah, Andre the Giant didn't die until, like, 1993. So we're in 85 Dude. right now. So he went about 10, almost 10 years of, like... Just imagine the pain. Him, imagine, just watching him, though, dude. Just watching him? That's fucking You're crazy. amazed at... at the skill of a man that big and what he could do in his prime. Like, you would think, like, wow, this guy would be huge. Like, so, in his prime, he was able to do, like, drop kicks. Yeah. In so his, many. In his prime, I've seen matches where, like, he's coming off top rope. So, in his prime, he could have delivered, like, five-star matches. I don't know about five-star matches. But, matches, like, he could have delivered matches where you're like, what the fuck? He used to go, like... He shouldn't be doing moves He like used his. to go, like, 35 minutes. Even longer. <laughs> so for a guy that big, like, it, it's big. So that was that. Under the Giant beats Big John Stud. So the co-main event, I guess you can call it, because this is where, like, the celebrity wing starts kicking in, is the WWF Women's Championship. <laughs> the champion at the time was a female wrestler named Leilani Kai. I didn't know anything about her. But I didn't know the manager she was with, who was with the Fabulous Moolah. So the backstory is she was trained by the Fabulous Moolah. She took, she took over Moolah's title after Moolah uh, had it for over 40 years. Moolah was the champion of women's oh, wrestling so for like ask, 40 years. I was going to ask you that. So at this time, Moolah, she was done? She wasn't. I don't think she was. She wasn't wrestling no more? She wasn't wrestling as much as she used to. I think I don't okay. think she was retired because I remember. Because I knew a Moolah of her history, but I didn't know. When, like, at this moment, I don't know if she was still she wrestling was, or not. She wasn't, like, yeah, it wasn't like she was wrestling every day. But okay. she was still. I got you. But she was the champion for, like, 40 years, almost. A lot of she, So she, can, she broke San Martino's record. 
I'm, I'm joking with the 40 years, but oh. she was... <laughs> But she was about to I was say. Thinking, no, I think she was a champion like mid fifties to like early eighties. But then again, how many matches do you think there were for women back then? Uh-huh. We're in the WWF. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. So One she took on show. probably. So she took on who was the big female wrestler for them, Wendy Richter, and in her corner was the pop star, Cindy Lauper. Who a lot of people remember from Boys uh, Just Want to Have Fun, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, um, True Colors. You know, this was like a Grammy award-winning star, a Grammy award-winning singer. That's crazy. So this was like the first big, big-time celebrity inducing themselves into a into a match match. that we saw. So she was a manager, whatever. Was this it? The match. Finish. So, what did you think of the match? Like, okay, compare women's wrestling mm. back then to Imagine like a Charlotte versus trash, like Charlotte versus Sasha Banks. Not even comparing it to that, like just compare it to early two thousand re- women's wrestling. Why would you say it's hot trash? It was just like I don't. I think a lot of times was you have to think of the style and the and the time that we're at. I mean, like I don't know. It just felt like a gimmick match. Like, it was mainly just for the, the two managers just to, like, fight. I think so. I think that was part of it. But, again, like, the ending was... What was the ending? Do you remember? I think Bula got involved or something, and then... No, no. I remember. So, the ending was, like, Lani Kai came off the top rope and hit Richter with a splash. And as she hit her with a splash, Richter reversed it, and she pinned Kai for the one, two, three. Yeah, she was she wasn't even on top of her. <laughs> so she yeah, she, she was just like hovering. And she shit. flipped her over for the one, two, three. So Wendy Richter is on. Like, this is another thing you see. Like you see Wendy Richter holding the title. So like I'm sorry, you <laughs> see a lot Cindy, of managers. I'm saying you see Cindy Lauper holding the title, and you yeah. think like who's winning the title? Is it the manager or is it the wrestler? We'll see that in WrestleMania two later. But you have that. You have that promo that they cut in the back. With the fool fucking trying to get the, the spotlight. That's the, right. That fucking fat manager. Who was it? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so fat manager. Captain Lou. Yeah, because yeah. Captain Lou had come out in some of Cindy Lauper's uh, music videos. But you could see kind of him kind of edging into the screen. Wow. And they started pushing those hands. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But, so that was that. Again, up to this point, most people... Like, say this was the WrestleMania card. What would you say about it? As of right now? As of right now. It was horrible, dude. Okay. I didn't even want to finish watching it. Okay. So most people tuned in for the main event, which which is the match that a lot of people remember from WrestleMania 1. Nobody really talks about anything else other than the whole... And it's the whole setup to WrestleMania, to the main event. Because it starts off... they, They always... They used to do this. They don't do this as much now, but they used to do this a lot, where they would have... Celebrities be like ring announcers, bells. Remember they have a timekeeper. Referees. <laughs> like they have that. WWE well, doesn't the, even have like... Well, the timekeeper is the guy that rings the bell. The guy that goes... No, ding, but ding. They, he had like one of those timekeepers where you flip and it's... It's sent. just... It's just... <laughs> I'll tell you because who it was. Oh my God. So Finkel announces the celebrity guest ring announcer. And the celebrity guest ring announcer is old... Hall of Fame manager for the New York Yankees, Billy Martin. So you didn't you didn't know who Billy Martin was, right? 
So, I just need the referee and the timekeeper. So, yeah. So, to those people that didn't know, <laughs> Billy Martin was one of these, uh, was the managers for the Yankees during the 70s. And he was the one that would get always, like, he would always get fired by Steinbrenner and be brought back. And every time he brought back, he won the title for him. Wow. So, like, like he kept, like, this is the thing that kept going so over and over. So, did he get fired? Like, because Steinbrenner was, back then, Steinbrenner was crazy. Like, he would fire you for, for the stupidest thing. Wow. So, he was, so... They're in New York, Billy Martin, guest ring announcer. Then they announce guest timekeeper. <laughs> Somebody you know, Liberace. Liberace comes out with four of the Rockcats and starts doing the leg thing. Liberace, that's all I can say. Right? <laughs> then they announce then they announce the guest referee. So this was the one we, we <laughs> guest referee was Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. With Pat Patterson, did you pick that up? Pat Patterson was the actual referee of the match. Not the way the match went? No, but whatever. We'll get to that afterwards. Wow. Was there any other celebrity back then for that? Um, no, no, that was it, right? So then they announced the... Unless they had judges. Like... No, I don't think so. No, that was the second one. So then they announced participants, Orndorfer Piper, and then T and Hogan. They had the whole promo in the back. T's talking all this trash. Again, Mr. T, you know how he is. So the match goes on. From square, from the beginning, you can tell they're not <laughs> going to job to T. Piper and Orndorff are doing whatever they can, but they're not selling to T. <laughs> but then again, T is not really selling to them. Because there was a couple times... This whole match was fucking stiff as fuck. But if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan and his charisma... So, oh my god. So this is the first time you'll hear if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan and his charisma. Because we'll hear this another couple times. Dude, man. So what was it about the match that you didn't like? <laughs> Everything. It wasn't even a match. They were just fucking touching each other and they weren't even selling it. So the whole point of this match oh was... Oh god. And you it was just scramble out. It was, it was three against three, actually. It was... Jimmy Snooker on those who signed. No, but Jimmy, they were, they, Jimmy Snooker was like a cornerman. Like Bob Orton. got involved. Like the best thing for me out of this match was watching Muhammad Ali fucking knocking people out. For not fucking separating. That's right. Because there was times where Muhammad Ali was like inch, within inches of hitting people with actual right crosses. <laughs> he actually hit fucking Ronnie Ronnie. I think he, yeah, he hit Piper on one. And then like every time like he would see scuffles in the ring, like he would want to get in. <laughs> yeah, so the whole setup. <laughs> yeah, the whole outside. setup was, I guess, I guess Ali was supposed to manage the refereeing outside, which was like people got outside, bring them back. But anytime there was a scuffle inside the ring, Ali would always slide his ass back into the ring and try to break that up. And like, again, like you were saying, Pat Patterson was coming out. And pushing them back out, pushing them back out. So the ending. So the ending. What did you think of the ending? Hot trash. So the what ending. Else? So the ending was. I did Hulk. I don't. Did Hulk Hogan Hulk up this one? In this one? I, I don't. I don't know. think so, right? So the whole. I just know. I think he was the one that pinned him, right? No. So what happened was, um, Hogan is held up by Orndorff in a full Nelson. Uh, Orton goes to the top rope and is going to hit um, Hogan over the head with the cast. So if you remember, if anybody remembers back Bob Orton, he used to carry this cast and he carried it for years. And he always used to play like, oh, my hand's broken, my hand's broken. But it would be a, like, it would be like a heel move he would use, you know? Just to... like Roman Reigns' jacket. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like Roman Reigns' jacket. 
So he goes up to the top rope. He flies off the top rope. And instead of hitting uh, Hogan, he hits Orndorff. And I think T tag. I think T. Oh, that's when Snooki got involved, right? And pushed him over. Yeah, he pushes okay. Orton out. And I think T's the one that pins him. Okay. I thought it was Hogan, but. So the whole point is Hogan and T win. Then, again, Bob Orton, Piper, Orndorff start fighting, blah, blah, blah. They break him up. They walk out. Hogan's left in the ring with Mr. T. End of WrestleMania 1. So, your overall impression of the first WrestleMania, if this was the first time you've seen wrestling. So, if it was my first time seeing wrestling, and it was that main event, I would be satisfied because I got to see an actor. I got to see the number one wrestler. And I got to see two two good heels, right? And then throughout the whole card, you got to see celebrities. You got to see, for what it was back then, you, you got to see wrestling. And if I was a fan at that moment, I would enjoy WrestleMania 1 and I would tune in again. Because I, I, would, I would be thinking that it was a lot of fun. And I would only think that it would only get better from there. But as of right now... That shit was garbage, dog. <laughs> so as an actual wrestling fan of seeing wrestling right now, you 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 that wouldn't I be would something. I would not mark out for that. Okay, so just to give you some quick tidbits, and then we'll kick into WrestleMania two because it's really important because that's the reason why we have a WrestleMania two. So the attendance for that for that WrestleMania, what would you estimate in the Madison Square Garden? You saw it. Did it look like it like it was fully packed? No. So I what would, would you say? I would say like eight thousand. So the attendance for WrestleMania 1 <laughs> was 19,121. 19,000? They they packed the So match. they sold out Madison Square Garden. I don't think it was a full like a full seller cuz Matt... It's basically, right? Cuz isn't it like 20,000? Yeah. So Fuck. Okay. I don't know how much it was for cuz they had a the pay-per-view was in a close like it was a before pay-per-view there was this thing called closed circuit television. Which is where, like, you can buy stuff and then you'd see it, but you have to go to, like, a restaurant or, like, a bar. What do you mean you would have to buy stuff? There was just watch free TV? No, there was... Cable wasn't, like, very popular. Like, cable was in its infancies, so there wasn't no pay-per-views or anything like that. So, what would you think the buy number would be for, like, a WrestleMania? Knowing what you know now and seeing it. $20? No, I'm saying, how many people do you think bought it? Oh... Not, not that many, I guess. Like, hundred, couple hundred. So, apparently the event was seen by over one million viewers through closed circuit me? television. Yes. Which made wow. it, which made it the largest event on closed circuit television in the United States at the time. So, in 1985, <laughs> they sold a million buys for WrestleMania how much, 1. How much did it go for? I don't know. It couldn't have, I would say maybe 20 bucks. I would say back then, if you were Holy we're dealing fuck. with it. So, and, and then this is the funny part, because there were stories that, I guess the feed wasn't, like, very good. So, a lot of places, like, you can go to, like, like, say, we're from Los Angeles, right? So back then, it was like the LA Sports Arena. Because it wasn't... Or the Forum, right? You'd go to the Forum, you'd pay, and they'd have a TV there, like a huge screen. And that's where you'd watch it, right? So a lot of people were reporting that there was so much glitching going on with the feed for WrestleMania 1, right? 
there was so much demand in certain like in certain states or in certain cities. They pass it like just on regular TV. That they passed it on regular television, the full set, like complete. They had to pass it on regular television a couple Damn. days later. So imagine That's fucking crazy. So how many watching, people watched that? How many people watched it, right? And comparing you being a wrestling fan or whatever, being the first time you saw it, your first impression was that it was hot trash. As of right now. As of right now. No, but that's that's important because you could like you're looking back and seeing like this is what was popular back then. So even if you were back then, that's what I'm saying. If I was from that era at that moment at that time watching WrestleMania on TV, I would enjoy it. I would love it because it was a fucking it was a big ass event. No, but what I'm saying what I'm saying is like you're a wrestling fan now, and looking back into it, you said it's hot trash, right? Oh, yeah, it was so, more entertaining. Exactly. So a million people. Witnessed WrestleMania one, so then you that's can, fucking insane. So then you could you could understand why Vince thought of WrestleMania two. Let's keep it going because yeah. shit, back then a million buys. <laughs> right, so a million buys, WrestleMania one, big success. He starts thinking about WrestleMania two. So we'll come in WrestleMania. To 1986, and to give you the specific date, it was April 7th. So, on April 7th, 1986, we have WrestleMania 2. So, just overall impression of WrestleMania 2, not getting too detailed into the into the matches, but just what are some of the differences you saw, like, automatically... From WrestleMania 1 to WrestleMania 2. The length and matches. Mm-hmm. They had more and more celebrities. Right? They had different kinds of matches. Like generic matches. Like steel cages. They use other things. Um, I don't know. Like, I did, thought it, it's... You it didn't see, what about production-wise? Did you see something? Oh, yeah. Different? Production-wise. Because they had it in three different venues. So, yeah. But what I'm saying is like... It started to change its look from a live event to a more stage and a grand event. Like, for me, what I saw, the difference is the lighting. Like, now, like, WrestleMania 1, you had that lighting that kind of looks like it's, like, you know... But I like that lighting from WrestleMania 1. Because it was basically basically the lighting was just the ring, and then everything was dark. Well, no, because in WrestleMania 2, it was even clearer. Like, did you see the colors on the mats, and everything was a lot clearer? It looked crisper to me, just the whole presentation. The graphics, the promos. There's no more promos no, on the. There was still some bad promos. No, but what I'm saying, the promos are not like on the ramp where like they're walking across. You know, okay. um, the announcing, the setups, their costumes, the the costumes, everything. Yeah, so there's more money put in. So I'm guessing that's where Vince started taking more of the technical side. But the important thing about WrestleMania two was that it wasn't held on one specific venue. WrestleMania 1, Madison Square Garden. WrestleMania 2 was three different locations, three different time zones, which was a whole cluster. I would have thought it would have been but a it cluster. But it was all happening at the same time, right? Live? I, I, I don't remember. I think what it was was they were they was programmed where it was they were set up to be an hour here, and then they would kick off the hour next. So it was simultaneously. 
No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it didn't those three venues didn't have like three specific days to them. No, no, it was all the same well, it day. Was the same day. The same day okay. at different times. So. So that's what I'm saying. Like the people who would pay for New York to watch it in Madison Square Garden, they would get to watch the other two on the on the screen or what? No, because what I thought, what I if I remember correctly, which I'll I'll go back to it, but I think it was each each um, location had its own card. Okay. So what they did was they 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 played the whole cards and whoever had the best match. Okay, we'll take some of that. We'll take some of this. We'll take some of that. Oh, and then combine it. And yeah. Put it for paper. Yeah. Because because back then a lot of like you would see now like people on Sundays right pay per views are Sundays. Back then it wasn't that way. I think the yeah, first I think the first WrestleMania was like on a Tuesday or <laughs> yeah. Wednesday. WrestleMania two was actually held on a Monday. Don't Yeah. So. So let's get to the cards. So it was three events. The first one was in Long Island at the Nassau Veterans Coliseum. Oh, uh, wasn't it in Madison Square Garden? It wasn't in Madison Square Garden, no. It was at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Uh, the second uh, venue was Chicago, Illinois at the Rosemont Horizon. And the third venue, which was where the main event was going to be, was um, LSA, Los Angeles Sports Arena in LA. So each section had its own team of announcers. And it had its own, I would say, main event. event. Mm-hmm. So the main event in New York was a boxing match. It was supposed to go 10 rounds, three minutes. Terrible. <laughs> Roddy Piper versus Mr. T. So this feud Dude, continued. did they pay Mr. T? Yeah. So this feud wow. continued on because apparently there was a, a real animosity and real hatred of Piper towards Mr. T. And it was mutual. So... Like Bishop says, controversy creates cash. They, they went so another they year. they really hated each other? Yeah, they really hated Since each other. WrestleMania 1 or just like after? I think from WrestleMania 1 because a lot of things was, a lot of the wrestlers took offense that Mr. T was the main event and this guy acted like he was like a main star when like he didn't do shit. Like, so he pulled the CM Punk? Yeah, basically. <laughs> wow, for you to say that, took some balls, sir. <laughs> took some balls. So the New York, so the New York main event was Piper versus Mr. T in the boxing match. The Chicago main event was a twenty-man battle royal. No, it wasn't. It was the tag team. No, it was well. The main match was the battle royal. Oh, well, the main attraction. The main attraction was the battle royal. The actual main event was uh, for the WWF tag team titles, which was Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Beefcake versus Ozzy Osbourne and Captain <laughs> Lou Albano. <laughs> No, I'm joking, but that's what it looked like when they won, but it was against the British Bulldogs, Davey Boy and Dynamite Kid. And the main event in Los Angeles was a steel cage match between Bobby Heenan, Bobby Heenan's, Bobby Heenan. versus Bobby Heenan's King Kong, King Bundy, Bundy, King Kong Bundy versus the immortal Hulk Hogan. So this is important because it's going to set up for WrestleMania 3. So a lot of people... What do you mean? Oh, okay. I'll tell you right uh, now. So I'll tell you right now. So around this time... Heenan was becoming a big time like heel, heel manager. manager. So he had Big John Studd. He also had um, King Kong Bundy. So at this time, he starts creating this thing called the Heenan family. So based on what happens at the end of this match, the feud with Heenan and Hogan continues on for a whole year. So the feud isn't even between King Kong Bundy and Hogan. It's, it's mostly because of Heenan, yeah. It's Heenan so it's mainly Hogan versus Heenan versus and his Hogan. family. Exactly. So who, 
Exactly. That's so, pretty cool. So that's what sets up WrestleMania 3, because the whole setup for WrestleMania nice. 3 is Heenan has no one else. Heenan has no one else to fight Hulk Hogan, so he has to bribe and buy Andre to fight Hogan. So that's WrestleMania 3. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. WrestleMania 2 was Steel Cage match, King Kong Bundy versus Hulk Hogan. Those are the main three matches. Do, do you think there's any other matches we should talk about? Not really. Honestly? <laughs> I mean, just to make fun of the promos. But okay, no, hold on. There's no. a couple matches. There's a couple matches. So, let's start off in New York. I mean, one of the, the matches... Macho Man, because it, exactly. it was his first debut. So, I was going to say the Macho... It wasn't his debut, but it was one of the, it was the first time he was like in the big stage. So, he was already the Intercontinental Champion. So, he takes on George the Animal Steel. So, the backstory on this... Oh, my God, dude. So... Uh, so to recap, you had never seen any of WrestleMania two, right? Nope. I had just the clips. Yeah. Again, I had seen a couple <laughs> matches, but I hadn't seen it entirely. But the recap for Savage versus Steel was they were playing this whole thing where Savage Savage was like a tweener. I would say kind of like a he wanted to be a good guy because of like people's popular like people liked him, but he was a bad guy. Like that was his thing, and he was super jealous of Elizabeth. In reality and in story. <laughs> so part was of the, he with her at this time? Yeah, that was his who was his wife already. So at this time was George the Animal Steel is this is this oaf who's uncontrollable, eats turnbuckles. Stick <laughs> <laughs> This guy eats turnbuckles and is like in love with Miss Elizabeth. So Randy's super jealous and he changes the steel to a match. So that's the whole setup for it. Again, you could you could only do so much. It's Randy Savage, and he did the most with what he could with George Steele. But I think George Steele had a better match with the turnbuckles. <laughs> right? He chopped up two turnbuckles. He never sold any. Like, he kept... That's the thing I don't like about the old-time wrestlers. Like, back then, you have the young wrestlers. Well, to us, now they're geezers. But the young wrestlers like Savage, trying to wrestle, and the old guys working stiff. Because that's how they used to work back then. Like it was hard. It was hard shots still back. Locks. So it was just nothing but power moves. No, it was more of like locks, like uh, submission stuff like that. So she match ends. So match ends. Savage pins him. Dirty finish again. Again, another another WrestleMania with dirty Dude, finishes. Out of both WrestleManias, there were just eight clean finishes. <laughs> out of sixteen matches. Yeah. So. Wow. Again, dirty finish, Savage wins. So I think that was the only other one other than the Mr. T fight, which Roddy Piper, which was just utter, I would say, I'm sorry, it's trash. Like, you get it. Like, Piper can, like, like I'm saying, you can do so much with what you have, but if the other person's not willing to play, there's nothing there. You could tell. Those guys... They hate each other. Yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't. Just in the promo that Piper they, did after the match. Yeah. I was like, well, hold on, hold on, you'll get to it. But you could tell there's no way. There's like, one throws a hit, the other guy doesn't sell it. The other guy throws a hit, he doesn't sell it. So the match ends like around the fourth round where Piper gets the ref <laughs> and he kind of like face smushes the ref to the floor. He body slams Mr. T. He starts kicking Mr. T. A brawl ensues. Ref calls the match for Mr. T. Match is over, pay-per-view. If that was your main event match, I'd be asking for my money. And that was scripted, right? For the most part, yes. So the it's way it was set, trash. so the way it was set up, the way 
we viewed it was three hours. Each place gets its one hour. So that was the first hour, which I think, to me, the highlight of, of the New York segment was Ray Charles singing, God bless <laughs> America the Beautiful. Am I right or no? No, you're pretty much right. Right? Because, come on. Let's, 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 hold on. let's look at the celebrity. I think he was the biggest celebrity there for the New York portion. Because I'll ask. Oh, you got, you hold got on, hold on. I'll give you, hold on, answer. hold on. I'll give you, I'll give you names, right? Do you know who Cap Calloway is? Nope. <laughs> One of the great singers and musicians of all time in the 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he, 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 him and Al Jolson, killer. You don't know who Al Jolson is, okay, but we'll get to go it. go on. Daryl Dawkins. Chocolate Thunder. Chocolate Thunder, right? But you know him for what? Just basketball. The basketball, right? G. Gordon Liddy. Do you know who G. Gordon Liddy is? Fuck no. Exactly. Joan Rivers, but what did she I do? I know Joan Rivers. She didn't do shit. Joan Wait, Frey? she she was she came out in she was the Chicago. announcer. No, she came out in New York. Oh no, no, she announced the fucking New York the main event. Yeah, Joe Frazier, of course we know. Lou Duva was his old man. Uh, and and or oh, I forgot to say, so each announcer had like a celebrity guest announcer. So the celebrity guest announcer who was announcing with Vince, who was the play-by-play for New York, was Susan St. James. Do you know who Susan St. James is? No. Exactly. I don't think anybody does. So overall, the New York part, sloppy. was bad, right? It's hot trash. Would you say, <laughs> would you say that was the worst one for Moth 3? From, from WrestleMania 2? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. At least the other matches, the main event... At least they were entertaining. Okay. So let's get to it. So then they'll kick over to Chicago, Chicago who was Gorilla Monsoon. Mean Gene Oakley. And Gene Mean. Oh, G- the fuck? His name is Gene Mean. <laughs> it's Gene Mean. And I don't know the, the celebrity. So the celebrity for that one was Kathy Lee Crosby. Again. Again. I don't know no who clue. she is. <laughs> no clue who you are. So memorable matches... In Chicago. The, the Battle Royal and then so the battle basically Royal. the end okay. of the tag team match. So let's say the Battle Royal, right? Because, I mean, the women's match? My God. Wait, hold on. But, so the Battle Royal was set up to be some wrestlers, and they were able to get some of the NFL. Some six, of their, N- six NFL, NFL players. Six NFL players from different teams. But the whole setup was to have Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears had just won the Super Bowl. They were flying high. It's in Chicago. Let's get to Refrigerator Perry. So Refrigerator Perry was one of them. They had a month. I think they had two more Chicago Bears. Yeah, but some of the notable wrestlers, right? Let's let's take a look at. So King Tonga, who later became known as Haku. You could tell, like it's like his like this is yeah. a young young Haku. Bret Hart, Jimmy Allen, Jim Young, Young, right? They had to have Shiki Baby. Shiki Baby was there. Bruno San Martino. I, that, that was, was a weird a one. That was a surprise one because I would have expected to have Bruno in New York and not in Chicago. But that threw me off. Hillbilly Jim. Remember Hillbilly Jim? Mm-hmm. Tony Atlas. Uh, but one of your favorites was Ted Arcides. Oh, my God. So if, if anybody knows who Ted Arcides was, he was the, this power lifter who... He 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 started. He was this guy that was just like roided out, right? And he thought he could come into wrestling and just like he was gonna dominate. 
sucks. <laughs> he straight up sucked, right? But you can tell, like, like that's like his whole thing was like he wasn't gonna sell nothing because even in the battle world, like, there's so much ways you can sell even if you lose. Dude, nobody was selling, dog. Everybody was fucking stiff. Yeah. Okay. So main things with the battle royal was the NFL players. Going up against old time geezers. Yeah, so some of the more <laughs> memorable parts was Big John Stud eliminating refrigerated Perry. Dude, and Perry Perry was good in the Battle Royal. Perry Perry's trying to shake Stud's hand. He shakes Stud's hand and he brings him down. So that eliminates Big John Stud. But the last three were the Hart Foundation versus Andre the Giant. I didn't, I didn't expect Bret Hart to be basically the last three. Well, it's just that's it's what they're gonna, they weren't going to set up Andre the Giant versus NFLers. Like, that's, you know, that was going to be. But I mean, like, a young Bret Hart. Like, but who else? Even an all-time, like, like a Bruno or something like that? No, because look at how the ending was. Someone had to dive from the from, from Andre okay. onto the floor. I guess because they were the youngest. Right? They were the youngest one, yeah. But look at the difference with Andre in WrestleMania 1. And WrestleMania 2. And WrestleMania 2. And you could already start telling the decline. Like, it's already declining. That's body, though. Like, all he did, <laughs> if you notice, all he did was just stay in the corners. Like, stay he was just in the, the corners, corners and then get his arms wrapped in the stupid ropes. Well, that's that's <laughs> that's one of Andre's five moves of dooms. You didn't know that? No. Andre the Giant always requested to be tied up in the ropes and get beat up. Because then it makes him look bigger when he gets off the ropes and he starts kicking people's ass. Yeah, no, it's a true story. That was part of his thing where he always liked being tied up to the ropes. But that was rest, that was for Chicago, right? And then the Bulldog. Oh, that's right, the Bulldog. Which you hadn't ever seen the Bulldogs before, right? I've, right? S- I've seen British Bulldog, but not the, the Dynamite Kid. You had never seen the Dynamite Kid? So the Dynamite Kid is... Or the manager. Yeah, you've seen Lou Albano. So, I mean, the guy that was... He was the guy that was, came out with Cindy Lauper. The guy that tried to sneak oh, in. Oh, okay. That was who he was. God. Mm-hmm. So, Hammer... And BK come out with Luscious Johnny Valiant. Dude, those, those fucking... <laughs> and the Bulldogs come out with... Those fucking... The Bulldog comes Bulldog. out with Albano and fucking Ozzy Osbourne. The tag team champions. The tag team champions, right. <laughs> so this match ends basically... Um, Bulldog, Bulldog, Bulldog throws Hammer to the corner. And Dynamite, hit, Dynamite hits him with a headbutt. Knocks him out. Ref, one, two... I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I did tell. You could tell where Beefcake... Where hurried up because Beef, fucking Beefcake was running yeah, in. Yeah, Beefcake was running in and you could tell the ref just quickly taps the two and the three. One, two, three. World champs. He gives the belts to Albano and no, freaking Osborne. So these guys are holding up the belts while freaking Bulldogs are freaking selling outside that <laughs> they got their asses kicked. I just thought that was a funny part. And then fucking Gene Mean over here is fucking interviewing... Uh, Osborne and fucking Albano. Was that a thing like in the old, in like the or beginning of WrestleMania where the managers would like hold the belt and like they wouldn't even give credit to the champion? No, no, that was just. Because that happened twice in a row. No, that was where just... they get where the referee gives the belt to the fucking manager. Well, because they're, they're expecting like... because they're expecting the fucking managers to go over to their guys and give them the belts. But the fucking managers are <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you gotta think of it. A lot of these old managers, a lot of the managers you saw were old wrestlers. So shit, if you were a wrestler, would you? They gave you a belt. Would you want to give it away? Fuck no. Exactly. <laughs> so there you go. 
So you're a true, you're a true old school manager. <laughs> so that was the end of that. That was Chicago, right? So then it brought us to Los Angeles at the at the sports arena. So that one, that one had a lot. That one had more. I think that one had the best celebrities. You had Jesse the Body Ventura. You had Lord Alfred Hayes and the guest. That was my fucking favorite. And the guest and the guest announcer was Elvira, Queen of the Dam. Was it, no, is, it, is she Queen of the Dam or is she Queen of the Dark? No clue. Okay. Well, Elvira. Everyone knows who Elvira is. So that one had a lot better matches, right? Steamboat, Hercules. Just any any match with Steamboat is gonna be an okay, at least an okay match. Even when you fight okay. fucking Hercules, coked out Hercules. <laughs> this guy coked out of his head. You thought Sheik was coked? Hercules is coked out. So this is what I actually fight coked out. For yeah. He had one of your favorites, Adrian Adonis, <laughs> with Jimmy Hart versus Uncle Elmer. Uncle Elmer is from Hillbilly. He's from Hillbilly Jim's family. So that match was whatever. The gimmick was cool though. The gimmick, the, the Adonis. Gimmick Adonis is yeah. <laughs> so adorable. Adonis. Adorable Adrian Adonis. So this was one of the first times that they had this gimmick where it was. You know what they're trying to do. They're not trying. They're, it's a flamboyant character who they're trying to make. He wears makeup. He wears dress. But he can still kick your ass. Which Goldberg with Goldberg. Goldberg. Gold dust. I'm sorry. <clears throat> in the 90s just took to a different level. Because you had little little shots like Johnny B. Good and all these other guys. But Goldust basically took it off in the 90s. But Adrian O'Donis was one of the first ones to actually do it. So then you had what? You had the hump, the Funks, right? The fucking Funks, Fucking son. Terry Funk at a ripe old age of fucking 116 with Dory Funk, 118, <laughs> against the JYD and Tito Santana. I thought it was going to be a regular match, a normal match. No fucking using any tables or anything like that. But it was going like that until the very end <laughs> was fucking... They threw Terry Funk to the fucking table, man. But again, this is something like... I'm like, you need to, you need to go back to funk you and graduate with honors like I did. <laughs> but every time you know that Terry Funk is gonna fight, there's gonna be a table involved and a steel table and a steel chair. Always, even in Japan in the early '80s, he used to do that all the time. And it was it was a decent match. But you, did you notice the tables? No, <laughs> they didn't break. I am the table. <laughs> Fucking fucks, man. So, they had that, right? Which was whatever. I thought it was a throwaway match. Even though it's a funk, right? You would expect, you know. It was entertaining. Yeah, it was, of course. But, it, like, like, you know, funks go, like, an hour. They can go up to an hour wrestling. Like, these guys were freaking crazy. But, like, at this point, eh, whatever. Because everything was set up for the main event. Champion Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy. So, they set up the story how... Bundy, weeks earlier at Saturday Night Main Events, straight up killed freaking Hogan with splashes and all this other stuff. They show Hogan training. Which, what the fuck is he training for? So they show Gene Mean in Hogan's private gym, <laughs> which looks like the sports arena's like the locker room. Locker room. <laughs> and he's training with Hillbilly Gene. It's Hillbilly Jim in full costume of Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> And some guy wearing a Hulkamania shirt that said it was a doctor. 
So Hogan's doing like these curls. What kind of doctor would wear that shirt? So Hogan's doing like these curls on 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 the bar. It looks like at least two hundred pounds, wrapped with like on top of a bench, wrapped in a like his ribs are wrapped up for for Bundy. Then the next one is is him doing the chin up. That should make no sense. Because he was supposed to be doing a chin-up and his chin wasn't even going above the bar. So the bar was going up to like maybe his eyes. And you can hear Hillbilly and the doctor going, No, it's great, Hogan. You're doing those chin-ups. You're doing those chin-ups, right? Typical Hogan stuff. But the one thing... I'm talking about his gut. Hold on. But the one thing I can always say about Hogan back then, which carried him a lot, was he can shoot a promo. Because Hogan can make anything. like he could, charisma, though. Hogan can, again, something we've come back to. If it wasn't for Hogan's charisma, like, these matches would not, like, be successful. But you just listen to Hogan talking and you, like, listen to what he's saying. It's bullshit, but he's getting you, excuse oh, me, no. he's getting you hyped to see this match. So the match starts. We have a ring guest announcer. You didn't even talk about how fat he was, though. Yeah, we'll talk about that afterwards. Guest ring announcer, Hall of Fame great, Tommy Lasorda. So we know, being from LA, we know who Tommy Lasorda is, right? Yeah. Guest ring announcer. No, guess uh, timekeeper, Ricky Schroeder. Nobody knows who Ricky Schroeder is, but I do. I'm old. And then guest referee was a TV actor named Robert Conrad. (laughs) Kevin has no clue who that is. So match starts. And this is this is the I think this is the first time they built that blue steel cage. So this became the steel cage for a couple years before they, they went back. They have to carry it. Yeah, before they went to they had a before they went into that like that that cage type cage uh-huh. they have now. This is the cage, and this was one of the worst cages. Wrestlers hated to fight in these cages because this shit will fuck you up quick. They're just like these thick bars. They look like prison bars. Like p- blue prison bars, like the and these fools would go full blast. I'll sh- I'll show you some matches from the early nineties with with steel cages. You're gonna be like, damn, with those steel cages. With those steel cages, you're gonna be like, damn, I don't know how these guys got a fucking concussion. So they had this whole thing that they had to build this huge steel cage because it, like a regular cage couldn't hold Bundy and Hogan. Like those those they weren't gonna be able to hold them. So they come out, Hogan again. The fuck is he climbing the steel cage in the beginning of the match? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you just blew up, Hogan. Like, he was dead for like 10 minutes after that. Climbs the cage, rips the shirt, top of the cage, hands over the belt, match starts. Again. What what, what did you think of the match? It was entertaining. It was typical Hogan, just getting pumped up, getting the fans pumped up, and then getting beat up by King Kong Bundy. Until the very end, where like fucking Hogan just went all nuts, make King Kong. Oh, it's fucking... Hogan. No, Hogan. It's called Hogan Hulked out. That's well, okay. Hogan out. Hulked out, and then that Fumano fucking cut him. So hold on, we'll get to that. So, so one of the big spots was every steel cage match, someone's got to bleed. That's just common. Like every Ric Flair match, it's a common thing. Ric Flair is gonna bleed. bleed. He's gonna bleed. So the setup was Hogan. Throughout the whole match, Hogan's trying to throw Bundy into the cage, and Bundy's stopping it. So Hogan hooks out. He grabs Bundy. He throws him into the cage. So this is where production comes in. So as Ho- as Bundy falls to the floor, the camera's set on Bundy. 
and you can see how Bundy's trying to remove the tape from his wrist to get the the piece of blade to slice himself. Bobby the Heenan even <laughs> tries to Bobby the Heenan tries to cover his hand, <laughs> and you can tell as Bundy is slicing himself. Hogan picks him up. He's bleeding, of course. And then you look in the mat, and there's a piece of tape <laughs> where you know that's where the like. The if you see, yeah, if you've seen, you know, you know, if you know how wrestling works, you know that's how they they call it blading, right, or getting mm. colored. That's how they do it. So you see the piece of tape on the floor, and you're like, okay, the spot where your head was, that's exactly where the damn tape was. <laughs> but like, they didn't have another angle to shoot. Like, there wasn't a thing where you can show Hogan like getting all crazy, getting the crowd crazy. Like that right there, you're like, okay. Ugh. But I guess you'll learn, you know, because, again, WrestleMania 2, we're learning as it goes on, right? So, Hogan, leg drop. He goes over the rope. He goes over, right? Well, at, they said the only way to win the match is you have to go over. Over the steel cage. No, yeah, because back then, steel cages, you had to go over or you had to go or you had to go through the door. So. So, he went over. So, yeah. No, but I'm saying he didn't go through the door, right? No, it looked King Kong Bundy was King Kong Bundy was going through the door, mm-hmm. but Hogan stopped him. But that that fool went over the steel cage. So that fool went over the steel cage. So that then it ends up Hogan whatever blah blah, blah. and it just cuts off automatically. So that was WrestleMania two. So what did you think overall WrestleMania two? If you're comparing it to WrestleMania one. <sighs> Just comparing the first two WrestleManias, WrestleMania 2 was way better. Like you said, only the production, just the production alone was way better than WrestleMania 1. Just the the last main event in Los Angeles was way better than all the matches in WrestleMania 1. I mean, let's, all the celebrities they got, I mean, all the venues. The venues that they were in was pretty cool. Just to see them be in three different venues... At the same time, and then having the whole pay per view go on hour by hour by hour, and then like after WrestleMania two, like I can I can see why now like every time Hulk Hogan was in a match or Hulk Hogan would be would be like in a Raw or a WrestleMania or a SmackDown, like now I know why people are like all getting like hyped up because just by the first two WrestleManias, like you can tell. Well, that's, this is this is this is where the popularity of Hulk Hogan and his Hulkamania is. This is how it started. Like this, is how it started. Yeah, you can totally tell, man. You can tell he's over, right? Yeah, he, fuck. Okay, so and just by saying stupid shit. Yeah, <laughs> but man, you'll we'll see, as it goes on, you'll start seeing even more stuff. But again, this WrestleMania, as horrible as it was, whatever, right? I so think right now it's horrible. As of right now, yeah, it was horrible. But if you were watching it at that moment, like... But they... It, it was way better, dude. Yeah. But it was announced that in the... Com- like, with combined all three events in all three different arenas, they had about 41,000 people. Combined? In attendance. Three. Yeah. So you're saying, what, like, maybe, like, between 13,000 each of, in each... The sports arena didn't hold any more than 14, possibly 15. I know Nassau is like about the so same pretty thing. Pretty much the big one was Chicago. No, it was about. There were about fifteen thousand seat arenas. Okay. 
So you could see 13,000 size, whatever, right? Because there was this is not WrestleMania with the big entrances and the big no, rings, whatever, right? This is just, I think they just need room for the ring, whatever, right? But overall, if you compare one to two, one. Hot trash. <laughs> well, no, actually, I, mean, not, one was I, preferred, I preferred one than two. Are you serious? I did. Just no, as dude. far as as far as like the actual fighting in the matches, I preferred one over two because two was too com two I thought what killed it was those three the point in three different places and it was too weird like You just said the first or some of your matches were garbage. Well the second one was worse. I'm, I'm saying not the whole WrestleMania card. I'm saying just the Los Angeles card was way better than WrestleMania one. Mm, I don't know. Because WrestleMania one, oh my god. I still, I'm so glad I don't have to watch it anymore. I think it's just an issue of of I think two I can understand. Like two is or if people have seen WrestleMania, two is one of the worst ones they've ever seen. And I can't understand just why. From the venues? No. It's just people didn't didn't Weren't entertained by the matches. The whole battle royal was having like the whole. The battle royal was so entertaining. A lot of I'm telling you, I'm telling you what it was. A lot of people weren't entertained with it. Like they thought it was like, they preferred WrestleMania one over WrestleMania two. So this was the reason why Vince decided to go bigger. So WrestleMania two was a dud. Like it didn't do very well. So with WrestleMania, so it didn't make enough. It didn't make more money than WrestleMania one. No. So WrestleMania two, serious? WrestleMania two sold less than WrestleMania one. So at this point, he was kind of like, "Oh shit, is this a good idea or not?" So for three, he was like, "I'm gonna go balls to the fucking That's when he wall." Went to the football stadium. So right? for three, he's like, "Go big or go home." And everyone was kept telling him, "Nah, man, you're like, you're gonna go fucking bankrupt." And he's like, "No, I, I have this vision, and I'm gonna see it through." So our next episode. Which we haven't seen yet, but we will see. Will be WrestleMania three, which is the beginning. It's basically. So you can say WrestleMania three is basically the start of WrestleMania. WrestleMania, I would say, I would say this one. WrestleMania three is the American Revolution. WrestleMania three is what was was put wrestling on the map. So WrestleMania three, nineteen eighty seven. At the Pontiac Silverdome. <laughs> Superdome. At the Pontiac Silverdome. With the main event, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Next time, we'll talk about that one. For Kevin, this is Manu Healy. I hope you enjoyed this. We're out!